Welcome out, ladies and gentlemen. I'm so excited to get started today. I need to apologize for slacking lately. I haven't been putting out as much. I do have an excuse. Um, I, I subjected myself inadvertently to rather extreme mold poisoning. Um, it's a long story, but basically I actually, uh, so there was mold in my like water cooler that I have in my room and I noticed it, but by the time I noticed it, I had already been drinking the mold. So it had like compromised my, my reasoning skills. I wasn't thinking too clearly. I had a lot of brain fog and, um, I kept drinking it for for a while, um, for a couple weeks actually. Yeah, it was pretty bad. And then by the time it finally clicked, for, I thought I had I, I thought I had the the virus that we're not allowed to talk about. Um, and I was I was like, this is terrible. Was, but brain fog was so bad, I couldn't think straight. I was like, my whole body was aching. And um, yeah, and then I, I realized there's there's black mold floating in my in my water. Maybe if I stop drinking this, I'll feel better. And sure enough, I've, I've <laughs> instant recovery. Um, I'm still kind of dealing with that though. So tonight's episode, possible that I may just be a little bit off, just putting it out there. Um, quantity over quality though. So we're gonna throw this out there. It has been some time since I've read this book, so it's not fresh in my mind. I kind of like that though. It's like a little mental exercise. I get to challenge myself because it's almost, it's not quite like I'm hearing it for the first time, but I haven't had time to think about the concepts. I have to be in the moment and be, um, quick-witted. Um, that's not my strong suit, so we're going to practice a little bit. We've had we've had some good episodes so far. I think the first was the law of pure potential. The second was the law of giving. Um, the last one was the law of karma. Actually, yeah, that always reminds me. I know a dancer named Karma. Um, her real name was Bubbles. Um, she's a sweet girl. But anyway, today is number four. It is the law of least effort. This is going to be the same as the last ones. We're going to start reading these quotes off and um, we're going to talk about them. So first quote is the fourth spiritual law of success is the law of least effort. This law is based on the fact that nature's intelligence functions with effortless ease and abandoned carelessness, carefulness, excuse me, abandoned carefulness. I think that what he's saying there, it brings a couple interesting things to mind, but I think that what he's saying here is that it's... I, this is this is where because remember this is a spiritual book this isn't like a psychology book there is something to be said not about taking the path of least resistance but in taking the in, in taking the path in acting in a way that you don't overcomplicate things I think is a good way to say it so if you if you put a lot of effort into something if you if you really focus in on something we've all had those moments where we've overthought or we've been we've been an overthinker we've put we've we've done it to death, right? Like we have a problem and we expand beyond the problem and we create more problems in our mind and, and our, our overthinking and our, our lack of focus takes us off track, right? Like we start to imagine scenarios that may or may not happen and they, they don't end up happening and we waste energy thinking about those things. So yeah, next quote, if you observe nature at work, you will see that that least effort is expended. So yeah, if you walk around through through the woods and you see like a tree that grows up against something, like it'll grow around it. Um, vines will take the path of least resistance. There is there is something beautiful about. I, I don't. I'm, I'm trying to find the words to articulate this. Maybe I should have prepared. But I'm trying to I'm trying to express that 
there, it's not about taking the path of least resistance and being lazy. It's about moving forward in an intentional manner. It's about being focused and being proactive. It's about you know taking tangible steps in the direction of that, that, that of the thing that you want to achieve. But it's in it's in I think it's in a matter of focus, right? Like you're not introducing outside problems. You're not getting fixated on things that don't matter. You're um, maybe a good a good way of looking at that would be if you want to be in really good shape and you you go to the gym every single day you work out you you're you, i mean you put your rest time in there obviously but you know and then you eat super healthy and you don't worry so much about fancy workout programs you don't worry so much about like these diets all diets do the same thing diets are calorie restriction that's really all it comes down to and um you and i mean like yeah there, there's you know you can you can get wrapped up in like the paleo diet and whatever, you can intermittent fast and, and still hit ketosis enough. Um, but the, the, the point being that like you don't worry about the frills and the, the extra stuff, the fanciness and all that. Um, maybe martial arts is a good example too, because I grew up in a um, fairly traditional martial arts school. And so it was like, look, there's, there's all these fancy kicks and stuff that you can do. There's all these other little, um, you know, like the flying kicks and the jumping, spinning, whatever's. But the point of those things is not to use them in a fight. The point of those things is to get even really um, to master the fundamentals of the basics at a higher level. Because when you go back and you're actually going to fight somebody or you're actually going to even just spar with somebody, you don't want to try to do the fancy stuff. You want to take the path of least resistance. You want to do what is most effective. The shortest line or the shortest distance between two objects is a straight line. So if you're looking at like all these these crazy roundabout um, tactics and like ways that you see people like you know in kung fu movies or whatever it's like it's cool to watch but realistically the best thing to do is the most um what's the word ergonomic the most the most efficient you know you're not you don't want to waste a lot of energy you just want to move where you need to be and that's it and i think that that's kind of what he's trying to express the next quote is it is human nature to make our dreams manifest into physical form easily and effortlessly so I think that he's dipping into the idea of manifestation, which is a debate. Um, manifestation is a real thing. I, I, I can't give you any kind of tangible definitive proof for that, but I have definitely experienced it. Um, I experienced it when I was kind of deep into meditation. I was, oh, there's my phone. I was dipping into a state where I, the, the feeling that I had was that time wasn't real and this might sound kind of fruity but it felt like time was not real and because of that my future and my present were meshed together there was no difference between right now and the things that i wanted and at the time what i what i wanted was this particular job i was trying to get money i was trying to i was trying to manifest my my dream job and um that's what happened and it but in that moment of meditation, I just, I understood that it was there, that there was nothing that needed to happen. And so all I did was go out and put out, I sent one application to one place and it came back to me. I was like, that's really cool. Um, <clears throat> and I mean, I did, I had been, I had applied to other jobs as well, but there was something about that. Like I just, I knew that it was mine and I just, I, it, it, it was like a, it was like faith. I don't know. I don't know how to say it. So when you, when you talk about easily and effortlessly manifesting your, your dreams into physical form, it's not about not having to work. It's not about not having to take action. It's not about sitting around and meditating about it. You guys have heard me go off before on the New Age community talking about like, oh, you don't need to work for it. Just, just, just will it into existence. And it's like, you're, 
you're looking at one half of the equation here. You have to be taking right action. You have to be doing something that is productive, but there is a certain psychological aspect to that too. If you're trying to become wealthy, if you're trying to become rich, but you don't believe that you can be rich, or you believe that rich people are evil and you see yourself as a good person, you're never gonna be wealthy because you're gonna unconsciously sabotage yourself. When you start moving in that direction, you're gonna feel guilty about it. You're gonna hold back, you know, and again, it's, it's unconscious. So you have to address those beliefs. You have to learn to, cause that, that stuff is acting as like breaks. You know, they're little tendrils that are growing off in the wrong directions and grabbing onto stuff that shouldn't be there and it's slowing you down. Like when you try to pull a tree up by the, by the roots, it's difficult because there's a lot of roots going in a lot of directions. If it was just like versus when you pull a stake up, you can pull the stake out a lot easier relatively anyway, because there's nothing like to, to anchor it in. It's, it's a smooth one way kind of thing. So I think that and, and we, we talk about this a lot in terms of limiting beliefs. I think that that's a lot of what this comes down to. And there is definitely a, um, a spiritual component to it. I'm not trying to reduce it down to something too crude and um, physical, but, but that's an important aspect. Next quote is, ultimately you come to the state where nothing you do and accomplish, where you, excuse me, ultimately you come to the state where you do nothing and accomplish everything. So this is again, a very spiritual kind of like approach to just not, not being lazy but putting yourself in harmony with divine will in a way that higher forces move through you so that you're not the one that's having to do the work. You're acting as a conduit, a conduit, excuse me, um, between heaven and earth, essentially. What is commonly called a miracle is actually an expression of the law of least effort. That's interesting. Yeah, that is interesting to think about. Like in terms of if you have... I mean, I've seen examples of this. This is something that's hard to argue. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find words to, to frame this in a psychological um, or at least a philosophical perspective. That's kind of a difficult one um, to put to put there. But it is there is something beautiful about that because I've seen times in my own life, times when people around me where you, you believe in something to the point where you know that it's going to happen. You have total faith in that, and it does. And I mean, I guess you could argue against that. It's a, it's a very mysterious thing, but it, it's worth thinking about. Um, least effort is expended when your actions are motivated by love because nature is held together by the energy of love. That's one, all right, I'm definitely gonna struggle with this one, but let me try to put it in perspective. When you think of, I think that the word love has been very corrupted by our preconceived notions and our cultural interpretations, not just in the US, but just in general. I think that the word love has come to mean something other than what it is. Um, it's kind of seen as, when I read it a lot of times, my first reaction can be that it's kind of like a sappy thing, I guess. I think a lot of people look at it as a physical thing that you have between a certain person or a certain group of people. But I think that when the mystics and the spiritual leaders, when they talk about love, they're talking about the kind of love that drove people to sacrifice themselves for their family, for their faith, the, the kind of love that drove them to be martyrs so that they could be just to nothing else but be an example to other people because they knew that that would have an effect on other people. 
um, to be the kind of person that is willing to like, what is it that drives people to do that? Because there, there's no, there's no um, evolutionary explanation for that. Why would you give up your life for somebody else? And you could argue like, well, um, I think there's an argument for genetics. Like if you, if you sacrifice yourself for immediate family, then what's happening is that the genes are still getting passed down and that's actually an effective evolutionary strategy. But when you start expanding that past the immediate family, and it is true that you, you do see um, people are much more willing to sacrifice their lives and put themselves in harm way for immediate family. And like uh, to a lesser extent to the community around them, and you could argue that, well, the community around you is likely to um, support your actual bloodline. So you're still performing an evolutionary um, function there. But the further out you get, once you start getting into like, you're sacrificing yourself so that your enemies will come to personal peace, will come to um, the freedom that is your philosophy, your religion, whatever it is. That's, that's something that's really difficult to explain. And, and we have too many cases of that happening for it to be um, for it to be ignored. So I think that when they talk about love, it's like, don't think about love in the sense of, I love money. I love this girl. I love doing something. I love myself. But what is, what is the feeling that would motivate you to sacrifice everything you have for people that you will never beat and to actually sacrifice, to actually to suffer for somebody else, right? Willingly, joyfully, not not begrudgingly, but to be happy to put yourself in somebody else's place. I think that when we operate with that feeling, you know, this goes back to the, the karma law that we talked about. You kind of, you get what you give. And I talked about how if you, if you make it your mission, if you make it a point to do good for other people as much as possible, you might not see an immediate return on that, right? Like that person might be a jerk to you and they may take advantage of it, right? But if that's just who you are as a person, at some point you build the kind of reputation and respect from the community in general, from people from people around you, to where they they want to reciprocate, they want to give back to you, right? Because we we've ha we there there is that that certain drive of if nothing else, if you want to reduce it to biology, like reciprocal altruism, is where if somebody gives something to you, the best strategy for survival of the species long term is to reciprocate, is to to, to give back. Um, because if you can't play nice with others, then you're probably not going like in a in a the savage environments of old, like you're not likely to survive. Right, you're much less likely anyway than people who can operate as a team. And so there's something to be said for that. When you act from the place of love, like you get that back. And it may not be the same magnitude of feeling from other people. I think I think that you will. Um, but that definitely is is returned to you. And so when you act with love, all of your actions become they become simple, right? Because if you're acting in love, like let's say that you're in an argument with your your spouse, and if you if you're not acting in love, um, you're arguing with your wife or your husband or whoever, and you're mad at them, your ego's hurt, you're, you're hurt because when you were a kid, your, your parents didn't give you enough attention and you're not even aware of this, but like the way that they fought between each other is something that you're, you have embedded in your brain. I did a great episode on that a while back. Um, the name of it escapes me, but we can do, wait, I actually should probably revisit that because it was really interesting to think about. Um, but yeah, like, so you're, you've got the situation where you're acting 
but you're not really acting um, from a place of love. You're acting from a place of your own perceptions, your own biases, the things that, that drag you down, the things that hurt you. So you're in an argument with your wife, but you're also dealing with your insecurities, right? You're afraid that she's going to leave you. You're mad that she could leave you. Um, or, you know, you're... <sighs> you have a certain sense of ego involved. You have like, you see what I'm saying? There, there's any number of things that could be coming into play. So you're not just having the argument. It's not just that she said something that sparked um, a certain reaction. There's a, there's a, a kaleidoscope of reasons that are, that are holding up your reaction, okay? It's the, so the, the example I give is if a toddler says something to you, if a, if a three-year-old looks at you and says, you're stupid, are you going to get offended? No, you're not going to get offended because this is a three-year-old. So how come when an adult that you're in an argument with that understands what you're talking about says you're stupid, why does that upset us? Well, it's because of the way that we perceive it. It's the same words, right? It's still a human being, but it means something different to us. Now, if we look at somebody who is, what's the word? If we look at somebody say, because I've been talking to a lot of young people lately. So when 22-year-olds when say something you know, about like, you don't understand, right? Um, that doesn't bother me because I remember how strong-willed and how um, ignorant I was at 22. And I wasn't dumb, but I was ignorant, right? And I think I, I look at younger people the same way now, and I notice myself in them. So I have a lot of patience when they say that or when they, they kind of attack me a little bit. However, if somebody my age or older than me says that, I got to be honest. I react to that. I don't like it. It gets on my nerves. And I'm like, because I, I just, I don't know why, but I, maybe I expect something more out of them. Um, that's probably some sh shadow work for me to do. But whatever it is that happens, it's the same words, the same meaning, the same intention, but I reacted differently. So back to the, the example, if you're fighting with your spouse, you're fighting with your husband, let's say, and he says something that upsets you, it's not just the words that upset you. There's all these other things. When you act without love, when you act from a place of self-centeredness, when you act from a place of ego, you are distracted by all these things. You're being led astray in all these different directions. They're pulling your attention, your energy in all these different ways. You have hidden motivations. You have hidden variables in the conversation that you're not aware of. When you act with love, all that stuff dissolves. It all goes away. When you are trying to because because you're trying to find the best possible solution for the problem right you're not trying to figure out how do i fix my ego how do i make sure that he knows that i was right how do i make sure that um he may, he meets my needs you're looking at that as i i love him how do i make this right and it becomes simple because it takes out all that other stuff it dissolves the stuff that that doesn't belong in the argument the extra things i think that that's what's meant by love um and in love making it simple and acting in love. Okay. When you seek money or power for the sake of the ego, you spend energy chasing the illusion of happiness instead of enjoying happiness in the moment. I love that. I love that. Um, there's a hustle culture is toxic. Um, now, sitting back and saying hustle culture is toxic, so I'm not going to engage in the pursuit of felt wealth and fame and everything else that's kind of that's not really the point it's bad to be it's it you i think that you should pursue material success to an extent it depends on what your calling is like if you're called to be a priest somewhere and to serve god and just to minister to people then probably not if you're called to be um, a caretaker for people and you you know that you belong um, in the hospital helping people who are about to die and like just being there for them then maybe money isn't the priority for you right 
However, in general, I think that you should seek to better your life as much as with as as much as makes sense within your calling, right? Some people don't have that kind of calling. Some people like I think that I'm that way. I think that I could probably do a lot of things and they could all be equally meaningful and I could be equally successful at all of them, which is very stressful for me because I'm like, well, what do I do? Like I got so many things to pick from and I feel like I could do them all. Um, but the point being is it's not so much the exact function that I for, that I perform. It's the it's the, the qualities and the values that I bring to that. So maybe I could be really good um, if I was, well, now I can't think of anything. <laughs> I've got all these things that I'm constantly considering and as soon as I try to talk about them, they, they disappear. But the, the point being like, if I wanted to be um, in sales, like I could have a great impact on a lot of people because the people that come in, they would, they would feel different speaking with me than they would with other people. I could help them in, in unique ways that, that other salespeople couldn't. Um, if I wanted to go a different route and say, um, I don't know, I wanted to be in some sort of management, industrial, whatever. I wanted to be in, in radio broadcasting, which I, I do. Um, if you guys know of radio jobs that are hiring, hit me up because I cannot for the life of me find any radio station that is hiring. Um, anyway, the point being that when you, when you, I think that you should seek to improve yourself and money goes into that, right? But when you're, when you start feeling as if money is going to solve any of your problems, which it'll solve your money problems, money will not make you feel more loved. Um, it may attract more attention from people. It may give you certain security for like basic needs. Yes, absolutely. I feel much, it's easier to appreciate life. I think sometimes when you have more money in the bank account, but there is something to be said for having nothing and learning to be happy with that. It doesn't matter how much you have. It matters your mindset. Okay. That being said, I think that you can have a great mindset and still seek improvement. But when you chase the illusion of happiness, when you're, when you're only happy chasing something and you're not happy in just being, then that means that you will never be happy. And that's where people get caught up. It's like, I want to reach X number of dollars per year. Okay, cool. But when you get there, you realize it's not that big of a difference, right? I remember I went for my dream job. I was like, oh my goodness, this is the pinnacle of success for this industry and blah, 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 blah. I'm 22. I don't know if I can do this. And I get in there and I'm like, oh, there's going to be all this money. I made it. I was like, this is Okay, well, anticlimactic. I was thinking 15, 20 years, but I've been doing this for a year. <laughs> What's going on here? And then I, I stood up there and I realized, like, this really isn't that big of a deal. Like, I can do so much more with my life. And then in hindsight, I look back, I'm like, I thought that was it. That's so stupid. Um, but I've fallen into this trap a lot, and, and so many people have. So um, I think it's a good topic to cover because it's easy to get um, – led astray. It's easy to get fixated on, on chasing stuff. But when you, I think especially because there's like this big thing going on right now in culture with like the red pill community who sometimes make really good points and sometimes make really dumb points. Um, it's a, it's a mix up. If you guys, by the way, want to see people get angry at me over nothing, go on my TikTok page. Cause I argue, I just, it goes crazy sometimes when you guys listen to long form content, you can tell that I'm not a bad person and that I'm not like a judgmental person, but people on the internet, they see a 30 second clip like, Oh my gosh, this guy's saying all these crazy things and blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> anyway, where was I going with that? I was going the, the direction I was going is that there's this, this phenomena in culture where, you know, 
people like I, I'll speak from my perspective. Like a lot of guys grew up wondering what is going on with women. Like how do I talk to them? How do I understand them? They're they they're just very mysterious to us to us. Excuse me. And you ask a woman, you ask girls your age, especially like in high school, middle school, like, well, what do you look for in somebody? And they always say, well, just be yourself. Be yourself or I want a nice guy. And then they turn around and they date somebody that's not a nice guy. And you have to come to the conclusion, like, what what's up with that? Like, are they lying or did they actually like jerks? Do I need to be a jerk to have a good woman? Like, I don't want to do that. And so there's a lot of people, there's a generation that grew up and um, I think that that has always been a problem. First of all, I think that that has always been a, a, a certain amount of mystery to, to women, especially from the sense of men. Um, but I think that when you dissolve the family values and like tradi traditional values, you dissolve the family unit, you tell people, you know, having kids isn't that big of a deal. It's better to pursue a career and women are doing the same thing. And there's not like the, the clearly defined roles anymore. And you have this kind of breakdown. Well, that mystery suddenly becomes something that like in the old days you could say, well, I don't actually know what they want, but I know what I have to do, right? As a man, I have to go to work. I have to go get this job. I have to do well. I have to provide. I have to be able to provide. And so you kind of fell into doing the things that make you at least a little bit more attractive, right? And when you take that off the table and women are doing the same thing and you're kind of in this position where, well, you're not just competing against other men. You are also competing against women as well because money isn't really what girls are looking for, in my opinion. It's the it's the thing that the things that go along with money. If you are a competent person, if you are ambitious, if you are a leader, if you are able to procure resources for yourself, you're able to secure a future, you're able to provide for the people that you love, you're able to protect those around you, you you're attractive, right? Like that's that fulfills all of our biological functions, right? And it shows a lot about your character too. That's not to get down that rabbit hole, character versus personality. Character is so important. Everybody looks for, for personality, oh, do, do they match my vibe? Do I click with them? Do I have fun with them? They don't look at like, what kind of person is this gonna be to be stuck in a foxhole with? Like, if I lose everything, if the economy cl crashes, excuse me, I can't talk tonight. It's the mold, I'm telling you. Um, you know, if everything goes downhill, if there's a recession and I'm going through a difficult time, is this person going to be in my corner? Is it gonna be somebody that I want to have to figure things out with? Are they competent? Are they intelligent? Are they, um, you know, tough? Like, can they can they deal with the hardships of life? That's all it is. But because this generation, and it's not just this generation, but because so many people grew up with this kind of sense where it's like, we've had so many women tell us, no, like, just be yourself. We don't care about that. We don't care about looks. We don't care about blah, blah, blah. And then they go date the guys that are w really good looking and have a lot of money and are kind of jerks to them. And it's like, we get confused. That's all it is. We get confused. Well, I think that one of the reactions against it, don't get me wrong, there are certainly some things that are messed up about the way that, uh, like, on the female side of things in the dating world, there's definitely some messed up things that happen. I'm not going to get into that tonight. But I do want to focus on the one thing that there's a reaction against it. And in the reaction, there are certain good points that are made that um, I, I absolutely agree with. There's also some things that are clearly coming from a place of, you know, pain because you get rejected all the time. Like, it's really lonely as a man. It really hurts to, to, to like somebody and to just constantly get ignored, to be invisible. 
and to be told over and over again, it's no, 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 you're doing what I want, but then you don't get validated for that. And it's like, well, what kind of person do I have to be? Like, I, what do I need to do? It's frustrating. I'll leave it at that. The reaction against it, the reason I'm, I'm talking about this is because a lot of guys have gotten fixated on, I have to be super rich. I have to be, um, I have to show signs of material success. I have to have a nice car. I have to have a nice job. I have to have a nice place to live. I have to be able to spend a lot on dates. I have to be able to buy her stuff, whatever. And it doesn't help when girls kind of feed into that and they're like, oh, he needs to buy me a purse, blah, 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 blah. It's like, well, again, character versus personality. Like you probably shouldn't date that person. Um, but at the same time, like if you're focused on getting things and you say, okay, I've got this car. I've, I've worked my ass off for however long. I've got this really good position at work. I don't like the work, but I did it because I need the, I need the ego, right? I need the status. I need the power and I'm here. Okay. Now come love me. And what I'm noticing, the reason I'm talking about this, because I noticed this a lot with people and I see a lot of really unhappy men because they get to this position of power and they realize that that's not really what, what brings true love to somebody. You have to be able to be intimate with, with another human being. And you can't do that when you're basing everything that is good about you, everything that is attracting someone to you on external things, right? It has to be your values. It has to be your character. It has to be who you are. Now, it's not just be yourself. You've got to go be a, a high quality version of yourself, right? But it shouldn't just be your personality, right? When you're speaking to somebody and you think it's easy to get caught up in this trap of, I need to acquire certain things. I need to have this car. And it applies to women too. It can be, you know, the way that you dress, the, 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 the stuff that you carry, which men don't care about accessories. I don't understand why women are so big into accessories. Like men don't care. Anyway, oh, we do it for ourselves, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, <laughs> start, a little, start a little argument here. See how many people get mad at me for saying that. I don't care. But you get these people, and by these people, I mean me, because I've definitely, I've definitely made this mistake. You get, every, you get all of us that think I need to be somebody, okay? And you wear this mask, and that, that, that mask is who attracts the person that you want, or that you think you want, rather. Well, you don't receive any intimacy from that person because whatever is being like whatever ray of loving light that is being directed at you, it's not hitting you. It's not getting to you. It's, it's getting to the mask and it's stopping there. It's a wall that you have erected to keep people out, right? It's a barrier. It's something, it's separation between um, self and other. All right, and I mean, again, I'm a big believer that this is all illusion. We are all one, we are all truly connected, but you have to start removing those things, right? And, and if you're getting confused because I talked about how, and I talk a lot about how, like you've gotta go do something. You do need to be successful. You do want to go work on yourself. You want to acquire certain physical things. You wanna have material success. You wanna be worth something in the material world. Absolutely. There's a mental, there's a psychological component to that though, where you don't get fixated on that stuff and mistake it for who you are. Right. And this is where people get weirded out. Like this is the argument. And I've been wanting to address this, like the argument that, well, women, like this is a real argument that women won't love you unconditionally because if you, you know, go through financial hardship, she's going to leave you. This is a huge argument right now. I'm not the one saying this. So if you're getting mad by it, don't blame me. I don't care. Um, and it's like, well, there's certainly a lot of people that are materialistic and that married you for the wrong reasons and they would leave you in that situation, 100%. But what kind of person are you when you go through hard times? Again, 
personality versus character, external versus internal. If you're the kind of person who, when the cards are down, chips are down, excuse me, the chips are down, cards are still up because you don't want the other person to see them. You've got to go through some hard stuff. You've lost your job. You've, um, you've made a mistake. Something has happened. You, over the course of time, you've made mistakes. You've, you've let debt build up or you've, you said something stupid at work. You got yourself fired. The economy's bad. You weren't the most valuable person there. Who knows? It could be anything. You're going through this difficult time, okay? I think where people get thrown off is that they crumble and they start complaining. And they start like, oh, this isn't fair, and I just I don't understand. I don't know how I'm going to get out of this, and this is so stupid. Like, oh, this sucks. I'm going to lose everything. They start whining, right? And that's not attractive. And what it does, <clears throat> if you've built your personality around being somebody who is always successful, then when you're not successful, like the person that you have attracted thinks that that's who you are. There's nothing wrong with them being shocked by that, right? If you were honest with them from the beginning and you're like, yes, I am a flawed human being and you're vulnerable with them, that allows for intimacy because that takes the mask down. So they're actually connecting with you as a real person, the person that's underneath of that. And we are terrified to do that because we understand that if we take the mask down, like, yes, it's there, it creates separation, but it also protects us. So if somebody wants to hurt us, they, they can't quite get to us. Like they can kind of get there and kind of like bump up against our face and kind of bruise us, but it's not going to pierce us in the same way. Whereas if you take the mask down, you risk a lot of pain, but you also, you also allow yourself to be loved for who you truly are. And that's where people are grappling with this a lot because they're fixated on external things. And again, I'm using these weird examples that don't have anything to do with the book because this is what is relevant in culture today. If you are, on social media, you've heard these arguments. I know that you have. I don't know which side you fall on. You could be, the narrative that you're hearing is gonna be different depending on which side you fall on. And there's just too much out there to watch the long form content for everything. It's just, it's absurd. But I wanna make this very clear point. When you act in love, which you can only do from a place of vulnerability, not weakness, that's difference. Vulnerability, not weakness. Vulnerability is when you choose to let your guard down, but you're still a strong person, right? You say, listen, I've made a mistake. I've failed. Um, I actually have, we've lost a lot of money. We're going to be living on ramen noodles for a while. I'm sorry. However, here's the game plan. This is what we're going to do to get out of it. I've got this figured out. I've got some contingencies in place. I'm going to work my ass off. I want to make sure like, here's my options. Um, here's what you can do to help. We're in this together. We're a team. This is not going to divide us. That's a huge difference between the whining and, and everything, right? That's a, that's a reasonable person. That is somebody who has a lot of character. That is somebody that you want to be with when things go down. You're going through hardship, but they're a good leader, right? And that's focusing again on the internal. Who are you as a person? Who are you as a human being? You're not, you don't need the money. You don't need the status. You don't need the power. You don't need the position. You don't need any of that. You need to know who you are. And you only do that by being honest with yourself and by working your ass off. Okay, that was a huge tangent, I know, I'm sorry, but not really, because it's an important point. Um, yeah, and all, all that was from when you seek money or power from the, for the sake of ego, you spend energy chasing the illusion of happiness. Yes, the car is, the, the nice car is fun. It is fun, it absolutely is, no doubt about it. And you should have it, I think that you should work for it. Um, and you should enjoy it. But if you, uh, uh, if you fixate on getting that thing and that's going to make you happy 
you're not going to be happy when you get it because you're not learning to be happy in the moment. I probably could have just said that and would have been as effective, but um, important stuff needed to be said. <laughs> How do we feel about my mold-fueled ramblings, folks? Um, it's getting there. It's getting there. Next quote. When you seek power and control over other people, you waste energy. So this is a good point. I think that you should seek influence, which is the ability to, you know, the ability to influence other people. But when your focus of, when your primary objective is to control other people, you are, yeah, you are wasting energy because you can't really control other people. Um, what was it? I think it's, I think it's a Star Wars quote. It said like the tighter you squeeze, the more slips through your fingers or something like that. It was a new hope. I know Princess Leia said it. Um, but yeah, no, it's a good point. Like if you've ever tried to control anybody, um, take a kid, for example, you try to control a kid, like, you know, you can't control the kid. You can negotiate with the kid and you can be an authority figure and exert a certain level of like, you know, boundaries, but you can't ultimately control them. You can set boundaries and you can say this is what is allowed and what is not, and you can punish them if they transgress those boundaries, but you can't actually stop them from transgressing them, right? You can discourage it. You can try to um, influence them to, to want to act responsibly, whatever. Same thing in relationships. You can't control your partner. Um, and the more you try to, the more they just kind of go internal and, you know, like their, their mind is still like doing whatever it wants to. They're still going to do whatever they want to. <clears throat> So I tell people, like, if somebody is not giving you what you want in a relationship, you shouldn't try to force it. You need to c clearly communicate that to them. And I don't mean you sit down and tell them one time because that could be your fault if they don't understand. And I think that when you – so, like, I, I've, had, I've, I've seen this a lot where, especially from, from girls, um, not to call you all out, ladies, but – I've seen a lot of women that have complained in relationships, like amongst friends and even clients, and they say like, yeah, like I told him, like I don't like that, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, how did you say it? And you find out how they said it, and it's like, okay, honestly, as a guy, I'm just gonna be real with you, I would not have picked up on that. I'm, I pick up on it because I only understood what you're really trying to say because you're talking to me in this context. I completely see how he didn't get it. And you know, the opposite is true as well. When men try to communicate to women, a lot of times we don't take, <laughs> We don't take into account that women communicate differently than us. And so we speak as if we're speaking to a man and we're like, I don't know why she doesn't get it. Why is she even more mad at me? <laughs> and we do this to each other all the time. It's funny. This is why I'm so big on like ending the war and the conflict between genders. Like there's always going to be some ten tension there. Um, but like that's why I don't buy into the red pill ideology. I don't buy into the um, into the feminism ideology because both of them, they, they are in conflict, right? And it's like both sides do have certain points that like, yes, we need, to, we need to protect and respect both sides. There needs to be a certain level of equality. Um, now, of course, that word is very loaded and it's open for interpretation. And I definitely disagree with some people's interpretation. However, the point of it is that culture is trying to divide us. They want us to be angry at each other based off of race. They wanted us to be angry with each other based off of age, off of gender, off of whatever else. I'm going to stop using the word gender because that means different things to different people now too. And I don't want to explain myself. Um, anyway, yeah. 
And by the way, just as a side note, because I've, and this is definitely going to make people mad, but it's important to understand because I've been getting into this argument with a lot of people. So on the man's side of things, it's like, hey, chasing status, trying to be the biggest bodybuilder, trying to have the nicest car, whatever, that's a never-ending journey too, right? Like that's that's a fool's, fool's game. I think with women, the same thing about sexuality is true. If you're putting a lot into, I dress a certain way and that attracts a man, you're setting yourself up for the same kind of failure because you attract, if you if you dress in a way that, that makes you look sexual, like it makes you look available, you know, like it makes it, it, it activates certain thoughts in a man, you're going to attract more of that. And you can say, well, I'm doing it for me. Okay, you're doing it for you. I don't, I don't care. You do what you want to, but don't complain that all men are assholes and they're all pigs and they just want to sleep with you if you're presenting yourself as sexually available. You say, well, that's not what I'm doing. Okay, fair enough. I'm not saying you are, but you are being perceived as if you are. I'm just being honest with you. And um, I know that this is going to make people mad because because of the fact that I've, I've, I've had this conversation with many friends, like genuine, like close friends who I love, and they're, they come to, crying about like I don't understand like all this like I'm so lonely like I'm still alone blah 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 I'm like 25 and like I thought things would be figured out by now but nobody wants to commit to me nobody wants to settle down um and then men usually take a little bit older um men usually go through a different cycle men usually start off like I don't understand why anybody likes me I'm so lonely I can't get anybody to look at me twice and then they get fixated on being something and then they're like oh well actually I hate my life and I don't want to go on anymore because I've worked so hard and it means nothing. And then my female friends are sitting here saying, well, I really want somebody that commits to me. I say, okay, well, maybe present yourself as somebody worth committing to. And they get mad at me. I'm like, ah, maybe there's a more tactful way to say it because my goal is not to, to, to make people mad. Because that doesn't help. Because if I make people mad and I'm like, well, here's how you're screwing up or here's how all your worldviews are wrong. That, that doesn't accomplish anything because if you're not going to hear what I'm trying to say. And I believe, I truly believe that what I'm trying to say can help you. It will help you. I really, and I, I say this because I've seen it. I've seen the difference in people that have made this decision that, you know what, I'm going to change the way I present myself to the world. And then what happens? Oh my goodness. The world sees them differently. I'll give you the perfect example. Let me take, let me pull it back on myself so that nobody thinks that I'm like attacking them. <clears throat> perfect example. I have always been in shape. I've always been into working out. There was a time when I was addicted to drugs and I was working at the nightclub and I was, you know, not taking care of myself. There was like, a, there was a stretch in there where I was not eating so well. And I, you could tell, you know. Um, but in general, I've been serious about exercise since I was 11. I've never been serious about diet until about a year, year and a half ago. That's a different story though. The point being that I've always been big on functional strength. So like I was in the Marine Corps, I could run a really long ways. I could pick people up and carry them out of dangerous situations. Um, I had a lot of stamina. I had a, a pretty good amount of explosive strength. Like I could do things like I was in a practical real world environment, I could survive if things went down. I never looked that good though. I really didn't. Um, I was never into bodybuilding. I never thought that big muscles were a thing that I wanted to do. I grew up on Kung Fu movies and Bruce Lee. And I was like, I want to look like that. Right. And so I didn't want to get big. 
And that's a whole other topic of discussion. But the point being, last year, I think it was, yeah, my, my New Year's resolution for 2022 was health is a priority, a priority. I was dealing, dealing with some stuff. Um, and I was, I was kind of scared actually about my health. I was like, this is a priority diet exercise. I'm, I'm figuring this out. I'm going to be as healthy as possible. Um, and I did that. And part of that, I, I got super into bodybuilding and I can tell you very tangibly, I noticed a difference in the way that people interact with me very tangibly. I noticed a difference in how they treat me. It's, it's a huge difference. I've noticed the same difference, the same <laughs> The same level of difference, I should say, when I wear a suit, when I at least wear like a sports coat and like a, a button up and like, you know, like nice clothes, like I look like I'm going to a, a board meeting versus when I wear what I want to wear, which is shorts and flip flops. Like people just, it, it, it's, they just react differently to me. I don't know how to say it. I get more respect when I dress nice. I get more respect now that I'm in much better shape, like visibly in better shape. I'm, I'm, I'm noticeably muscular and athletic. I wasn't like, I just never looked that good before, but now aesthetics have become an important thing to me. And I, and, you know, you could say, well, don't get fixated on that obviously, but um, I'm telling you that it changes the way that people see me. And it's a, it was a huge, like I could have, I, I figured as much, but to see it in action was life changing. I was like, this is crazy. And I've talked to my friends who have decided, I don't want to be that person anymore. I don't want to be that guy that women don't take seriously. I don't want to be the girl that, that guys don't take seriously. I want a relationship. I want a commitment. I want somebody that is worth being with. I want, um, you know, at work, I want to be somebody that's respected. I want to be somebody that shows up and everybody listens. I want to be somebody that, that speaks and people take action, right? And I've been that guy too, because I kind of screwed off the first two years that I was in the military. Once I decided to get my act together and I started to behave differently and I wanted to, to, to be somebody worthy of respect, it took a lot of work, but the way that people saw me completely changed, the way that I was treated completely changed. And I'll never forget, um, life is so chaotic in the, in the infantry. And we got back from my second deployment and I remember there was this huge like political thing that happened and it was just total nonsense, total chaos. It was like really stressful, right? And everybody's kind of just getting like battered around by it. Everybody's like having to run around doing like, like chickens with their heads cut off. Go do this, no, go do that, no, go do that. And it's like, nothing means anything, nothing makes any sense. And it's just stressful, it was a nightmare. And I remember they were like, okay, we're gonna divide up leadership again. And I've been through this before. And the first time it happened, I was at the mercy of the winds. The second time this happened, I remember I got, I, I got a text from somebody and I said, hey, come to so-and-so's room. Like, All right, whatever, more, more BS, more crap. I walk in and it's a couple of like important people. And I'm like, oh, what's going on? And they're like, yeah, we're, we're dividing up teams. This is new leadership. Like, here's the deal. Here's the game plan. And like, suddenly I was in charge and I was respected and people are looking at me like nobody questioned that I should be there. Everyone was just like, it was a given that I belonged there. And that made a huge impact on me because I saw the difference in the way that people treated you when you carried yourself as somebody worthy of respect, which I had not done before. I was falling into the whole like, oh, I'm too cool for school kind of deal. It's better if I don't try and I make a show of it because I'm, I'm belligerent on purpose and I'm standing up against the establishment. I'm, I'm not getting promoted. I'm going to be good at my job, but I'm going to be terrible with people, you know, and it's like such an excuse, right? Once I got past that, 
and I changed the way I presented myself, my life changed. And I've tried to teach this to people as much as I can because it comes like, what are the things that are really important to you, right? Like your career, your relationships, your spirituality. That's about like, the, if you have those three things figured out, if you have a solid mission and you're able to achieve it, if you have people that you love and love you, that you can build a legacy with long-term and you know why you're here on this planet to begin with, you are right with God. Like, what else do you need? So let's focus on those three things. And people want to get all weird about like, well, you can't say that. It's offensive. And no, I don't like it. Because you don't like to hear where you're screwing up. You don't like the mirror being held up to you and showing you that actually I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm not in the right here. Uh, th this is my shortcoming. Um, you feel judged when like people get triggered by things. And it's like, Why? Like that's obviously hitting something deep in your unconscious. Like, is it not worth exploring why that upsets you? And so I say all this to, to make the point that, you know, I tell guys, hey, like chase the chase the cars, go for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm in your corner. I want to help you get there. I want to get there with you. But that ain't it. Like, that's not the point. Okay. And you're if you think it's going to make you happy, you're wrong. And again, speaking from experience, I saw my female friends look like, you do what you want, but understand that your actions have consequences. The way you present yourself to people, you can say, I'm doing this for me, addressing because I feel cute. Yeah, you feel cute because you're getting more attention. And it's like, why are you getting that attention? Is that attracting the attention that you want or is it attracting the attention that you don't want? Because you're sitting here complaining about men, you're not actually getting the attention that you want. So maybe you should try a different strategy. That's all I'm saying. All right. And that, my friends, is the law of least effort. <laughs> When you try to control people, you waste energy. Um, and he goes back to when your actions are motivated by love, your energy multiplies and accumulates. And the surplus energy you gather and enjoy can be channeled to create anything that you want, including unlimited wealth. If you understand the simplest way to get things done and you put all of your energy into doing it, from a place of balance, from a place of inner peace, from a place of looking to serve others, looking to give, and in the process you become a better version of yourself, yes, you will create anything you want and that work will not feel like work. It will be effort, but it will not be the wrong effort. It will be right effort. It'll be right action, excuse me. And so yes, you can create wealth as much as you need. You can create I don't know if you can create love. You can attract love. You can you can bring love into the world and have it. You will give it and receive it. Accept things as they are, not as you wish they were in this moment. So actually, this brings me to a good point because I wanted to quote the Stoics earlier. Um, I don't remember when, but I, the, something something I was talking about a minute ago made me think of Stoicism, and I wanted to bring it up, but I didn't. So a lot of this, again, comes down to, that's what it was. It was your mindset. It's not, it's not the things that you have that matter. It's the, the way that you perceive them. It's the way you interact with them. If you have a million dollars and you have a, a, the mindset of somebody who is constantly in conflict with the world, you have to have more. You have to be chasing something to be happy. You have to have the most to be important. Then you're going to be miserable, right? You have to have things to be loved, well, then it's like, well, you're competing with everybody else who has more things. <laughs> and there's always somebody. There's always somebody. Um, when you learn, and again, I'm not saying to be like passive and not 
aim towards something, I, I think that that's the wrong approach too. That's the opposite side of the spectrum. Um, but learning to be happy no matter what. So right now, I'll be brutally honest with you, I'm going through a phase where I don't have a lot of money. <laughs> um, I'm okay. I have what I need though. And there's, it, it's kind of reminded me, it's like there was a time when I was super broke, like really young. And I was just like paycheck to paycheck. And I was so happy. And it wasn't because I was broke. I think that that's dumb too. It's like, well, you need, you'll be happier if you're poor, of course. No, the, when people say that the, the happiest people live in the poorest countries, that can be true, but it's not because they're poor, right? Those people have just learned that happiness does not come from money. Excuse me, I just about knocked my microphone off the desk. Um, they've learned that, that happiness does not come from money. If those people suddenly got a lot of wealth, they would not be less happy, okay? It comes from, and by the way, there's pl plenty of rich people that are, that are blissful as well. Um, but there's also plenty of rich people that are not. So it, it all comes down to your mindset. If you're focused on getting something, if it, you're focused on the dopamine, which is the, the seeking behavior, right? You're never going to be totally satisfied. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'll call myself out on that because I'm so bad at this. I've had multiple conversations with friends and family the last week or two. It's become glaringly obvious to me that I have some sort of problem. I can't sit still. I can't do it. I had a weekend off last week and I about lost my mind um, because I was sick. So I couldn't go do things. I couldn't be productive. So I had to lay there and just like kind of rest. It drove me insane. And I wasn't sick. I was, I was poisoned. We're going to just, we're just going to say from now on that I was poisoned. Um, it drove me insane. I was like, I have to do something. Right. But I didn't have the energy to, and I, I wanted to do a podcast, but I, I, I couldn't talk like I was so dumb and maybe I still am <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe I'm still dumb <laughs> maybe none of this makes sense um, I feel like I'm making some valid insightful points here but who knows who knows um, I'm definitely a little bit woozy so we're gonna wrap it up here in a second accept things as you wish yeah or accept things as they are not as you wish they were that's a that's that's a good that's good life life advice in general that goes back into stoicism. Um, but yeah, we're going to wrap it up. That, that concludes the law of least effort. I did not expect for it to go in that direction. If you're still with me, tell me what you thought. <laughs> um, I really, because like I said, I didn't plan any of this. I never planned these episodes. They, they just, it's spontaneous. This is how my brain works. Um, and I actually could do this for all day. But the next episode will be the law of intention and desire, which is, I remember liking that chapter. So I'm pretty excited about it. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Like, and subscribe. I don't actually, I don't, I'm talking like I'm on YouTube still. Um, if you're on my YouTube channel, like, and subscribe. If you're on podcasting only, um, subscribe, give me one of those little five-star ratings, please. Um, share with your friends, share with your family, share with your, your enemies, you know, bless your enemies and pray for them as well. Uh, but yeah, I'll see you guys soon. Thank you for listening. Good luck.